Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. This is the podcast about creativity for the creative in you. No matter where you are on that journey, like you could be starting out, you could be mid-season, coming back to the arts, changing lanes, doesn't matter. This is the podcast for you. As always, massive thank you to my Patreon patrons and everyone who supported the podcast on Acast. So this is a way of making a one-off contribution. Some people have done that. Some people have made a monthly commitment to the podcast. Doesn't matter which one you choose. Everything you guys have contributed has been a huge, huge help to keeping the podcast going, making sure as many creatives as possible have access to this conversation. So in the last couple of episodes, I talked about teams, talked about why it's important, how it can help you on your creative journey, how we can be flexible with the definition. Like you don't have to employ somebody. They can just be like it can be more of a flexible, casual relationship in terms of how they offer support. We looked at agents, we looked at publicities, assistants, um, legal teams, business uh, support, business managers, that type of thing. Like those folks who don't contribute creatively, but help you, help free you up so that you can be creative and, and give you access to parts of the industry, maybe decision makers that you wouldn't be able to access by yourself or that it would be hard for you to access, like it would take up loads of your time. So this week, we're going to look at your creative team players, those who have got your back and are walking alongside you to help you realise your creative vision. And also um, at the end of the show, I've got an important announcement to make. So we'll come to that in a bit. But first of all, let me give a shout out. If you do want to support this podcast, uh, you can go to Acast and there you can make a one-off contribution. So you don't have to commit monthly like the Patreon guys. You can do one-off. Anything from £3 to £3,000. No one's done that yet. Weird. 
Um, but if that uh, is a way that you'd like to show support to this conversation, then check out the link in the show notes. Head over to the ACAST website and it'll tell you, it's really straightforward, tell you what to do. All right, so let's talk about creative collaborators. And um, we've obviously, we discussed why that can support you for many reasons um, in the previous podcast. Um, you know, one of the listener comments from Paul was uh, about collaborating with a fellow musician, what a difference that made to his music, opened up a world, gave him access to talent and ideas that he wouldn't have been able to access for himself. So it can really sort of break open your vision to allow in things that you would never have thought of. I think for me as a, as a writer, my probably one of my closest um, like professional collaborating, creative collaborating relationships in terms of a team has been working with an editor. Now, if you remember, there was um, a couple of episodes on criticism um, early on. I think they were episodes three and four. And they're worth having a listen to because in it, I discuss receiving notes from, you know, whichever uh, professional person you're delivering your work to. And in my case, with a book, it would be to my editor. And I talk about in it about how to receive those notes, how to uh, knowing when to stand your ground, knowing not to argue, learning to listen and not let your reptilian brain (laughs) (laughs) kind of respond to the criticism because that's what it essentially is. It's a critique of the work saying this is um, where it's good. This is where it could do with some work. These are some suggestions as to ways to make it better. But I think the overall thing with anyone that's contributing to your work in that same capacity as an editor might to a novelist is to let them collaborate with you, allow them to contribute. That's their job. That is literally what they're there to do. But it's also a dance, isn't it, between allowing someone to make a contribution, but trusting your original idea, listening to your gut. Like if the notes that are being given are pulling your idea apart or contorting it into a shape that you didn't imagine for it, then, yeah, sometimes it is appropriate to stand one's ground and say, look, no, that's not what I that's not how I saw this. But I think with anything, it's really important to keep the communication going because it's when you don't say what your vision is somebody else has a completely different idea of what it is in their mind and they're they're contributing or uh, critiquing based on their vision because they don't have that you haven't presenced your vision in their mind um i'm meeting somebody soon to discuss potentially collaborating on an idea and we've been bouncing ideas back and forth and i and and then they sent some ideas through and i realized oh they don't know what i've got in mind so that's made me realize all right next time when we meet i need to presence for them what my creative vision is so that if they're not in alignment with it then it's probably not going to work out for us to work together and that's not in a oh i can't work with you kind of way you don't get it it's just the more you talk about it and make sure that you're in alignment the more they can contribute to you in a way that's useful to you so it's almost like it's your responsibility as well to make sure your creative vision is clear to them so that they can contribute to it and you in a way that works so every industry has their own version of Um, what an editor is to a novelist. So, you know, perhaps in the music industry, it might be producers or in film and TV, you know, again, it it could be producers, it could be executive producers who are going back to the originator of the idea, the creator and saying, look, this is where it works. This is where it doesn't. This is what could improve it. 
And so considering those people, your team, like having them be on your side will help you to absorb their notes, not activate that reptilian brain to have a reaction to kind of what they're saying and allow it to be a collaboration, allow it to be this like two-way process where you're vibing and working together. And a couple of other things on that as well is use their expertise because as much as sometimes, especially in film and television, people express um, frustration with executives and producers chipping in when they've never actually done the thing they're contributing to. Sometimes they, a lot of times, should I say, they do have expertise. They may not have done because sometimes people try to say that because somebody hasn't done something, they don't have expertise in that area. Well, they may not have done it, but they do know audiences and they do know what works and they do know structure and format and they know when structure and format is off say, if we're talking about shaping a TV show or something like that. So use their expertise, use it, consider it to be a resource rather than something that you have to sort of bow down to, rather than it being like a greater wisdom than your own, have it be a resource. Mm, That person, like when, when my editor gives notes, sometimes about not even to do with like content, sometimes it's about cover art or you know, stuff like that. And she will say, look, in that market, this particular type of imagery works better. I don't know. I've never studied marketing. I haven't worked in that field. She knows, in that instance, she knows better. She just really does. So I trust the expertise. But as I say, it is a dance. And if you can trust the expertise without losing faith in your idea and your gut instinct, then it can be a constructive marriage. Then it can really work. And also not being precious. You know, I was talking about the reptilian reactive brain that wants to, no, I don't like that idea. You're ruining the thing. (laughs) Well, in some TV writing rooms, the saying goes, best idea wins. I mean, I think that works on film sets sometimes, which are much more, like can be more collaborative um, sort of affairs. Like, what, what they're saying is, look, it doesn't matter whose name is going to be credited as the writer. If you have an idea that would work, chuck it in. If it's the best one, that's the one we're going to go with. And so allowing all these different creatives to contribute to your idea without losing sight of your vision can heighten it in a way that you could never have imagined. Alrighty. Don't forget if you would like to support this podcast by making a one-off contribution on Acast, you can do that by following the link in the show notes. you may say to yourself, but Andy, I'm not at that level yet to be collaborating with my editor or my producers or my whatever, whatever. Look, if you don't have a team, then build one. Here's what Patreon patron Paul Leonidu had to say about that. Teams, that means different things to me, depending on what stage of the creative process you're working on. Like the, the conception of an idea, the spark of an idea. I like to be on my own because Obviously, outside distractions can distort what you're trying to manifest in terms of an idea. But there comes a point where that solitary process can become quite lonely. So after my idea is developed to a certain stage, I will reach out to, I won't call them a team, I'll call them a support network. And they're close friends, peers, creatives. And I trust their opinions implicitly. 
And if they all kind of get my concept and understand it and give it their seal of approval, then I kind of feel, okay, I can share this with the wider audience or take it to my publisher or take it to the next step. So in that respect, I would call the team more of a support network. And he's absolutely right. It's like, find your people. That's what he's talking about. Find your people. Build a community. Because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. We, we don't want to be working alone all the time. Now, I know some people, myself included, do like the solitary life at times. But I go through phases where I'm like, oh, I would really love to be working with somebody. I think I could, I think this idea would be three times as good with two minds on it. You know, that type of thing. So I think deep down, what human being is a social creature. And I think even creatives want that as well. Want to, want to be working in concert with other people. You know, too much alone time, not good for the mind. You know, that's when you end up cutting your ear off and doing heroin and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm just speculating here, but <laughs> I know maybe there's are extreme examples, but it's not good for the spirit to be working on creativity alone like that all the time. Because, you know, you're catching fire, you know, you're, you're drawing down this u- amazing universal creative force. And don't you want to share that with somebody? Don't you want to light up the room with that magic with somebody else? I mean, it's like if a tree falls in a forest. Well, if you create magic by yourself, does anybody even know? <laughs> so collaborating, finding your team, building that group of uh, fellow collaborators that you can um, lean on is so useful. Um, in um, one episode when I was talking about networking um, and, you know, I, I was talking about how, you know, a lot of people try to network up, try and fi- climb their way up the greasy pole kind of thing, trying to get to Steven Spielberg or whoever's the significant player in your field. And um, I often quote this because I think it's so uh, brilliant is uh, Issa Rae saying network laterally, look to your left and right, your peers. They're also people that are in the same position as you and will probably be more passionate about your project than some, you know, higher up gatekeeper. So look around you, look who your peers are, look who's doing interesting stuff in your network and grow together. Wow, what a beautiful thing to be able to grow together. Um, Again, I think I've shared this before, but I just had this real sort of epiphany moment when I was thinking about Judd Apatow and how he often works and collaborates with the same folks. And I just thought he must just have so much fun on set because he knows everybody so well. And there's a, you know, a common language and a, a, just an ease of being with uh, the people that he's working with. Uh, or the Wayan family, you know, doing the same thing of just like working with family, working with family friends on their projects. It must just be such a, a laugh, like being able to work with people that you know and love and trust and have that common language with. And the one of the best times I've ever had is uh, working with my good friend Earl Palmer, who sometimes contributes and comments uh, for the podcast. And you know, you'll you'll see him on my Instagram. You'll see me on his. Um, you know, it, we we made a little short film together that he wrote, and oh, we just had such a laugh because everybody, we were all pals, and we just kind of, or if we weren't, we became friends through the process of doing it. And you know, we we just had fun. And there was no pressure of, ooh, that's so-and-so. We need to be a certain way. We just got on with the job and we 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 found ways of doing special effects on this micro-budget project and we, um, you know, 
We ate um, Chipotle for lunch and we <laughs> we blagged favours and, you know, we just got the thing. But there was so much passion and heart in there because we were all friends. So network laterally, look left and right and see who's there and who who actually might want to be part of your team and want you as part of theirs. Just to add as well, when I shot Amber, I flew in my first AD, who's a friend and also, uh, you know, a director, a very experienced director. I flew him in from Connecticut because I was like, that would be really great to have this person by my side to help me. He he was doing me a favor, really. Um, my a, a really good friend was a producer on it, the camera team. A lot of them were my pals. So, you know, it, it gives you an ease with the people you're working with. It means there's a certain something an on-guardness maybe, or an alertness, not alertness, because you want to be alert, but there's a, yeah, sort of an on-guardness that you don't have to have because you're working with your friends. Here's a last uh, listener comment from Paul on that very subject. I remember sitting in the studio at three in the morning, working stupidly frantically on a deadline for a commercial. And I remember thinking, I didn't get into music to be sitting on my own all night feeling lonely and strung out and tired i kind of did it to connect with people and so obviously bringing other people on board who share your vision and you have that exchange not only of ideas but of energy of creative input i think it's a wonderful thing and he's right did we really get into this to be working alone all right, guys, just uh, another reminder, if you want to support this podcast with a one-off contribution, head to the show notes where there is a link that takes you to the Acast website where you can make your one-off contribution that helps keep this podcast going, helps make the conversation available to more and more people. Hi, this is Carly Ashton and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. Let's just have a last word from David Jesse, who um, has been a real um, supporter of this podcast. He's um, given several little nuggets of amazing bite-sized advice. And this is what he has to say on Teams. Team. It's a word we're using a lot now as creatives, isn't it? Um, I took it to my team and they said this. Who's your team? What's your team? What team are you looking for? I actually think it's a really useful um, word because I think for me, the key thing about teams is balance. When I used to play a lot of sports, balance was key. So you got some people in a football team, for example, that when you're losing, they kind of go missing. And some people, when you're losing, they almost play better their hunger, their determination, the tackles they put in, the headers they win, the drive, the way they communicate to other team members is we need to get this sorted. I'd say they're key members that you need in any team, right? But then when you're winning, there are other players that bring finesse to the game and finish well and the level of... Uh, football that you're playing goes into what almost an art form, balletic. And you also need those players in your team, right? So let me give you a scenario. Because in the creative world, I think more than not, you're gonna, that you're going to be in a quote-unquote losing 
position. You might go up for 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 tapes. And if you're blessed, one of them comes off. Now, if your team is fully made up of the people that are fighting for, that are in that losing position, are grappling for it, which you need because that keeps you going when you're on your 59th tape, um, that keeps you going. But then once the job offer comes in, you want people that have the presence of mind to pause, celebrate it and go, now how do we create and get the best deal for us financially? How do we keep in our sight the vision that we have for where we're going to go with this career, the things we're going to go on and achieve and we're going to do? How do we keep that in view as we negotiate? You need that um, almost Thierry Henry-like balletic composure in those moments. So for me, a key thing about teams is balance. That's such great advice. That, of course, was David Jesse, who um, has played Captain Hook in Come Away, opposite Angelina Jolie and David Oyelowo. He's in Carnival Row, opposite Cara Delevingne and Orlando Bloom. He's been in Interstellar, Maleficent, BBC One's Epic Troy. He's done a bunch of stuff. And not only that, more importantly, he is an awesome human being. He genuinely is. He's supported this podcast so um, beautifully and with grace that I, I've got a boop, boop, big shout out to David. And uh, yeah, wasn't that great advice as well? Balance. I I mean, I think the analogy with the football analogy really works in the sense of, let yeah, you can't all have front men and you can't all have defenders. You want um, a, a mixture in your team. That's when it really works is when, you know, you've got people that excel in the challenges, people with flair for when things are going well, I mean, ideally, you want all those facets within you as well. But if you have um, an area where you're weaker, then having somebody in your team who can make up for that is going to really support you. I kind of feel like in when we were talking about criticism and we were talking about how, you know, you go to your most brutal friend last, don't go to them first. It's kind of how you want your team to be is, yeah, you want a couple of folks that just uh, straight talking, maybe a little bit brutal, but you don't want the whole team to be like that. <laughs> but it is, that's a useful resource to have somebody that just goes, nah, I don't like it. I don't think that's very good. I think you need to make this better. Or no, you're making a big mistake. <laughs> I was, I've just been reading Will Smith's autobiography and he has a, um, his, uh, I think it's his manager, um, James Lasseter, who, who is that person for him. But equally, as much as James is like, that's not a good idea. Don't do that. You know, blah, blah. He also goes, I've got a good feeling about this. You know, he said that about six degrees of separation. And Will Smith was like, ah, I'm not feeling it. He's like, I got a good feeling about this one. It was men in black. Will Smith's like, ah, I'm not really feeling it. <laughs> Good job for James Lasseter, right? So, um, yeah, make sure there's balance in your team. Or not make sure there is, because you can't, sometimes your team is what it is. But just be aware of when bringing new people in, what is the balance? You know, what can, what can, you, what can you do with this team to make sure that it flows? Because all one thing or all another, it might make it lopsided. So balance will help um, the whole process flow. And just a reminder, as I said before, it doesn't have to be about 
this is a paid um, relationship. This is a financial relationship, a contractual one. It can be just that you're just a, a, a loose, fluid group of people that just want to support each other. I was once in a, a writing group. We called ourselves Val Movement. I thought that was really funny. I really enjoyed the fact that we were called Val Movement. Um, but some people uh, just th- thought it was gross. <laughs> some people in the group, they were like not happy about it. <laughs> but anywho, the point was we used to meet once a week, in fact, we met in, in a writing class and none of us thought the writing class was very good. And we went for a drink afterwards and we all go, God, that wasn't very good. And then we said, should we all just meet? And so that's what we did. Oh, I can't remember. It was once a week, once a fortnight. Anyway, we met regularly and sometimes we'd share our writing, we'd chat, we'd have a glass of wine. And again, meeting in the South Bank, I was saying last episode, it's one of the few places you can go where you don't necessarily have to buy a cup of tea or something to be there. But we did. And it was great. And it was just really lovely to have that support. We also um, had uh, we we would go and support each other if uh, one of us was staging some of our work, having like a rehearsed reading or something. So it became a really lovely, supportive friendship group. We became each other's team. Were we paid to be there? No, we were there because we were, it was a reciprocal arrangement. We were getting as much out of being there as we were from being there and supporting other people. So see if you can find those symmetric um, relationships with people around you. I bet you, if you are feeling like solitary in your creative pursuits, I bet you any money, there's people immediately around you that are feeling the same and would love to be in a supportive network with you. All right. So as I said at the beginning, I do want to make an announcement about the um, podcast. So this is the last uh, episode in the season. But on top of that, I've had to um, take a moment to reflect in terms of my time and take my own advice Uh, And so I've decided to have an extended break um, from podcasting because there's some things in my work life that I really have to focus on. And as much as I love sharing this conversation with you and then, you know, how it continues on uh, socials in the comment section and stuff like that. And also the Creative Source Network. I love all of that. There's too much to do. (laughs) So I'm not able to balance it all at the moment. And so I've decided to take um, an extended break from doing the podcast until things quieten down a little bit and then hopefully I'll be able to start up again. Um, And it was a really tough decision because I think, oh, oh, maybe I could just get up earlier. Maybe I could do it at the weekends and maybe, maybe, maybe. But it's all time that I really need to uh, use to focus on some other projects. So sadly, I'm going to have to park the podcast just for a little while. Consider it an extended summer break. Um, uh, uh, before I can take it up again and, and carry on, I hope, this conversation with you guys. So really what I want to say at this point is just a huge thank you to everyone that supported this podcast. You know, some folks have done it, as I've said many times, some folks have done it via Acast and Patreon by supporting financially. But equally, some of you guys um, have contributed through writing such lovely reviews um, and also um, messaged me. I've had DMs and, and comments saying what a difference a particular episode has made or just the podcast in general. And I see them all. I may not always reply, but I see all your comments and I really do thank you for them. It, it, it spurs me on, you know, it's the sort of thing that keeps you going when you're like, oh, I, uh, you know, it's a Saturday and I'm tired. Uh, but, but then you think about the comments and you're like, do you know what, let me just do this. So um, 
you may have noticed that in the um, little uh, ads that I do for asking for contributions or support, I haven't mentioned Patreon in this episode or I think the last one either, because I understand that, you know, with an extended break coming up, I can understand that folks might want to end their Patreon um, commitment. I totally get that. So please feel free to do that. Thank you so much for everything you've contributed so far, particularly those have been, you know, supporting pretty much from the beginning. But if you feel like, you know, all right, now seems a good juncture (laughs) to end that commitment, then there's nothing but love for you here. I just want to say, you know, how grateful I am for the support you've given already. So I'm not sure when the podcast is going to be back. I haven't um, got a date for that yet, but I will, as soon as I I know, or as soon as I've made a decision, I'll announce it on social. So stay in touch. Make sure you follow the um, Creative Source um, Instagram page. It's at Creative Source Pod so uh, that you can be the first to hear and and do stay in touch. You know, I'll be on socials from time to time. So it would be good to, to stay in touch with the community. So look, like I say, I don't know when season three will start again. But look, if you are after a little bit of creative source while I'm away, there's still some ways that you can get little dollop on the side. So the podcast are all the episodes are going to be available online so you can re-listen to them wherever you regularly listen to your podcast. And some people have told me that they've done that and it's been really useful to go back and they're struggling with a particular topic. And so they go back and listen to that episode. So please feel free to do that. I'm going to keep the all the episodes up and available for um, as long as I can. Um, I'm also going to I hope in the summer, make some bonus content, which is going to be available exclusively on Patreon. That was the deal anyways, is um, both tiers have access to exclusive bonus content. So I'm going to make some more of that during the summer. So for those Patreons that stay on or for new ones that join, you're going to be able to access that link in the show notes. And in the upper tier of Patreon, because there's two tiers in the upper one, I'm going to continue the one to one online mentoring as well. Now, how that works is it's one session a month for three months and you just upscale to the higher tier. Or if you're if you're not currently a subscriber, then you join at the higher tier for the three months. And then once we're done, if you want to, you can end it or if not, carry on if you're flush. Um, And that money's all going towards supporting the podcast. So what I want to do is carry on for those who really feel like, hmm, I need a bit of creative um, support here, then that will be available to you as a one-to-one conversation with me uh, via Zoom. So we'll do it some way online, Zoom or something similar. Um, And I can support you with whatever sort of creative challenges you might be facing. So if you're struggling to start a project, for example, and you just need a little bit of guidance about how to kickstart what you're doing, if you want to bounce creative ideas around, obviously all strictly confidential, then, you know, hit me up. If you're stuck with something or you want to get something moving or you've got too much on the go and you want a bit of help um, just seeing the wood for the trees, looking at what's really important to you. What are my intentions? What are my goals? Sometimes speaking your goals out with somebody can really help to solidify. Actually, when I say it out loud, I realise it's not actually not that important to me. Or when I say it out loud, I realise, yeah, that's deeply what I want. Again, all this sort of stuff we can do in the mentoring sessions. They're only 30 minutes sessions. So they don't take too long. If you want to, if you want to have a, a longer session, we can also talk about that. But um, yeah, let just let me support you. Put me in your team, coach. Put me in your team. 
So if you want to find out more about any of this, um, continuing uh, to listen to the podcast, the uh, bonus content or the one-to-one mentoring, just head over to Patreon. Um, I think it's patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. Okay, so that is the end of the episode. And all that's left for me to say is a massive thank you to all of you, my wonderful listeners, whether you've only just discovered the podcast or whether you've been with me from the beginning. Thank you so much. Those that are dipping in and out or my regular diehards. I know you. I see you because I see your comments. Um, Thank you. Really appreciate you. And also to everyone who's contributed either with listener comments or, you know, has um, recorded listener comments as well. That's amazing. Um, Who's left social media comments, who's left reviews. Honestly, I can't express enough how important and how appreciated those um, reviews are. They do make a big difference. Um, thank you as well to everyone who's given bite-sized advice. There's been so many now. Um, Lucy Samati, Papa Esidu, Jennifer Saunders, Carolyn Quentin, um, Roisin Conaty, Jason Manford, so many. Um, and of course, David Jesse, who did today's uh, bite-sized advice. Kylie Dunbar, who uh, did one a couple of episodes ago as well. So thank you to everyone who's done that. And uh, and they've just done that, you know, out of the goodness of their heart. They haven't, I haven't paid them to do it. They've just been really generous in sharing what they know and what they've learned along their creative journey. So thank you to all those guys and everyone that I haven't mentioned. There's so many. And also a final thank you to Martin Lumsden for the post-production, Anya Stobart for the marketing and Clydesdale Music for our theme tune. Please, guys, do stay in touch. Even if there aren't new podcasts coming out, I still want to hear about you guys' creative journeys, your wins, your breakthroughs, your insights. Share them all on socials. And if you want to keep listening, please do. The podcasts are going to be here. So until next time, keep creating and keep living in gratitude. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. 
just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. Thank you.